Hey, welcome to the Coach Bono's podcast here on the Studio Soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. We're recorded live at the O'Connor Advisory Group Studios. Check out all things O'Connor Advisory Group at oagks.com. You can interact with the show on Twitter and Instagram at Coach Bono's Show is our handle. You'll also check out the Facebook pages. Search for Coach Bono's Show. You'll see it there. You can email us at coachbonoshow at gmail.com. This is episode 57. And we're going to start it out today with our main man. Going to come in, we're going to talk NFL. He's going to be here for the whole show today. Coming in to review all the week three action in the NFL is our most popular returning contributor. Ladies, if you're in the greater Denver area, you know right now, open up your nice self a nice bottle of dark rum, place out for the Titleist Pro V1 Golf Balls, and magically, my main man will appear. He's a man of style, sophistication, and he remains undefeated against home pregnancy test with a revised record of 52-0. and 0. His mother named him Ricardo. Here we call him Uncle Rico. My main man, Uncle Rico, is in here tonight. Uncle Rico, how you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Get after it. We've got a lot to talk about. As always, Uncle Rico's appearance here on the Monday pod, which will sometimes be a Tuesday pod like today, uh, is brought to you by Stitch Fix. Get $25 off your first box of Stitch Fix. Check out the show notes, follow, follow the link, and follow the link to save the day. Uncle Rico, before we get started, I'm going to give you an opportunity. We have not talked about this. I'm going to give you an opportunity to take back everything you said seven days ago about Jimmy Garoppolo. And bow not, and a, not say, a chance. Not a chance. was right. He's trapped. No, not a, not a chance in hell. No Man. way. Excuse me. He hits his first week back for one week of practice. You're going to tell, you're going to compare this one performance by being called up. How many quarterbacks were shit in the first week? And I'll oh, point okay. at Aaron Rodgers right off the bat. This is his essentially week one with a team that's been practicing with another quarterback for a month and a half. I don't want to hear it. Oh, no, I understand no. he he's yeah, oh he's he he it stunk all. it stunk, but that doesn't change anything because he's, he's got what he's, he's got a bunch of football in front of him. He's awful. He's been awful each of the last two seasons. He's the reason they're not making the playoffs. If I was the former his performances past week, especially, it would be time to cut bait and grab anybody. I would rather have Chase Daniel at quarterback. Than Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, Jacoby Brissett, give it to me. Give me anybody but this guy. I don't care how good looking he is. He is not a good quarterback. <laughs> and he showed it again. So you like the way he looks. Awful. He's a good looking dude. Yeah, he's he a model good looking. I mean, he, maybe that's what he ought to do. Maybe he should quit football and become a fucking model. He probably he's, will. But here's the thing. It is week. It is one. He's had one week. That's it to prep. Against a, 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 with a team that he hasn't practiced with, and with the with the first team he hasn't practiced with all year, with an offense coordinator and a scheme designed for somebody else. He was the starting he, quarterback for designed team for Trey Lance. This guy, you can't pull that. He hasn't played much deal when he was the starting quarterback the last three seasons. Right? And it's the same team. I, I, I will all day long. It's not. It it doesn't matter. They're not prepped together they haven't figured it hey i'll could you could say the same thing about aaron Rodgers. and how was his first week again oh yeah aaron he was not shit. playing well aaron Rodgers is not playing he's well. not playing well he was not, not, play- not and, playing and, well their and, team's and, not playing well 
But Jimmy Garoppolo is a whole nother level of shit. And, and, yeah. and the, no. safety, yeah. the safety the safety I knew you were going to do this. Was I knew you were going to do this. Beautiful. I love that the internet, including Twitter, went wild for Dan Orlovsky. Oh, of course. Now he isn't the only one to do that run across the back of the end zone thing. <laughs> and he's yeah. in Orlovsky's case, he knew to throw the ball on the ground and give up. Garoppolo said, no, 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 no. I'll do one better. I'm going to step up the back of the end zone, and I'm still going to throw, throw a pick six. six. Oh, man. <laughs> He's it, lucky he stepped out of the end zone at the pick six it, otherwise. It's I, true. In fairness, in fairness, I don't know which is more comical, that he stepped out and threw the pick six or the butt safety for the Dolphins. Yeah, so we're, we were watching that live. And I, I said to Jen, my wife was with me, and, and you know Jen, and, and I said, this is complicated shit. And she was like, what do you mean? I was like, they've only got 11 yards. I was like, yeah. they snapped this. He's got to get more sticks to get this thing out. And we've known Morstead. He's a good punter. I was like, but he's yeah. got no room for error. And sure enough, the fucking up guy steps back instead of up. And it was like, oh. It's rule number that. one. <laughs> you can't. Yeah, yeah. This is special teams 101. He will. This will never happen again to them because you only let it happen once. And it's yeah. an example not only for them but for everybody. You cannot back into the punter when he's on the back of the goal. Yeah, I mean, the ball's on the one. You got no choice. You know what I would have done, honestly, in that case? And I, I would have – people would have killed me as the head coach for doing it, but I so would have done it. I just would have taken the safety. Well, I just they got a safety. The they're, they're lucky they didn't get the a touchdown. And uh, said, hey, uh, step out the back of the end zone. Give up the two points and you kick because I can control where the next kick's going. I, I would uh, much it, rather have that, done that. Because what no, my concern would have been was Compared to what happened, yes. Compared to what happened, yes. But you got you, that, that is a special team's mistake. We talked about I it mean, already, how undisciplined yeah. Teams are still, this is one of those special teams disciplines that you need to remember. You have to have situational awareness. You're in your own goal line. You cannot back up into the yeah. punter. He can't go back any further. He has to move yeah. forward. Yeah. I, there's a lot of things that I see nowadays where it should be so simple for someone to remind somebody going out to the line, just to say, just going out to the, for the play on a special team deal, saying, remember this, remember this. I didn't see it, but Jen pointed it out to me on a game this week where someone did a, a on a punt did a fair catch at the five yard line, and I'm like, no, you don't do a fair catch at yeah. the five yard line. No, you no, you, you, you step away from it. You put heels on the ten, and if you're the, and if you're the special teams coach, the last thing you're telling your returner as he walks on the field is here is hey heels on the ten. If the ball's over your head, you let it go. Yeah. No mistakes. No, it's incredibly frustrating for somebody like us who who's watched for a long time knows these things. These are instinctive. How you, yeah. you look at it and you watch this, and it's like, how do they not know this? They've been playing. They played, you know, probably middle school ball, flag football, high school ball, college ball. Now they're in pros, and these are the same rules you would do in any of those situations. You would not fair catch inside well, the ten. There's I no have point. a. I, I have a reasoning on why I think some of these things happen. The players in the NFL, hear me out, have always been the best players in their team. 
in youth ball, in middle school, in high school, in college, they've always been the best players. So even your sure. special teams guy, even your guy who's the special teams gunner, he was the best fucking player on his high school team. He was never sure. in that They're special situation. teams players now. Yeah, yeah, they're on the special teams now because they've made the team. They did when they were in college or where they were in high school. They were starters. They were wide yeah. receivers. So they, they were had, running backs. So they never had the special teams coach telling them, "Hey, don't forget to do this. Don't you know this is what we do?" Because they weren't the player doing that. Because they were the best player yeah. on the team. They weren't the returner. They weren't the up guy. They weren't the snapper, the holder, or anything like that. And so. That's True. not ins- and those are not instinctive plays for offensive and defensive players who are used to playing with everything in front of them. So I think that's part of it. But that means to me, if I'm coaching that, I have to be even more mindful to remind these players. I mean, the big one to me, the couple ones to me are again the the, the, the butt punt. I mean, you just got to tell that up guy hey normally you might drop back a step here you got to come up a step and you've got to be drilling it that time out before him or just tell him as he walks out you've got to do it this way because of this you know so when it happened it was funny but it wasn't to me all that surprising given the situation that's where i think i just what, and what can and could happen down there, again, especially playing a good team like Buffalo, you know, I wouldn't – I'll just – I would have told Morrison to step out the back of the end zone. I would have. I, I, I snap I it in one step back on, and let's take yeah. safety and let's put them let's put them 70 yards that way. Yeah, I, I understand where you're going with that. I One, I wouldn't take the safety. I, I would make sure that my, I, you know, that is yeah. a special teams mistake. It should have gone out. I would yeah. have rather take my defense in that situation, even if they're only on, on my own 30. If I only get it 30 yards, that's 30 yards to give me a chance to stop you versus giving you two points. Well, that's one. I look at it just the other side of that though. ball is the other side of that ball is I, I understand that these guys know, know this, but this isn't new information. These aren't new situations. Even if they were always the best player on their team, this is known stuff. This is, yeah. and, and not only that, these guys didn't come in and thinking they're going to be, you know, they're on the, the, the special teams now. That means they practiced this yeah. for the last six to eight weeks. They've been oh. practicing special teams. This and week. I understand. They should know this. Yeah. And I understand. Yeah, this is not, not something wanting... I'm going to forgive them for. I get it in high school. I might even forgive you in college for that, but not yeah. at the pro level. I expect yeah. you to know your job and to do your damn job. Yeah. I just, I think that, yeah, I mean, and I understand the case for not doing it also, not thinking the safety, because in a close game, two points could be the game. I get that too. But boy, I'd rather have that guy backed up 60 yards than even the best punt that I can expect is maybe going to go to the 40. You know, it's probably full goal percentage, full goal, full goal range for them anyway. Yeah, I mean, that's some of my yeah. thinking as it happened, because like, as it happened, and, and Jen's like, Jen critiqued me on it because she's like, you want to see somebody take a safety. And I was like, look, there are times where it's the smart play. And I always mention it when it's I It's a rarity. It's an it absolute rarity. It I, is, but it I would have really done it It really is there. a very rare situation. That's probably the first time in two or three years that I've seen that. But I would have done it there. But let's get into some I, I would not have. All right, let's talk about I the I would not three. have, and I will tell you specifically, I would not have against the Bills. 
Well, yeah, I, my if, thing is the best case scenario for you is you're punting and you get the ball out to the 40, they're still in field goal range. I just look at yeah. it that, but I do understand, I do understand doing it a traditional way because, man, you don't want to give them two points too. I get that. Because now a field goal extends that lead. So I, I do get that. And I, and I, I don't begrudge making that decision. And it certainly was a funny ass play. People are going to talk about for years and years and years, but it's, um, it, it's fascinating what could have been there. Hey, I want to get on the kind of the big story this week. I texted you last night about this. Mm-hmm. The three teams I thought going into week three, I thought there are three teams that are clearly better than everybody else. Those three teams were Buffalo, Kansas city and the LA Chargers. They all lost. Now, Buffalo played in a really good game down in Miami. That's a tough place to go down to Miami and play when it's 90 degrees. The Dolphins played a really great game. Buffalo didn't play bad. They also had five defensive starters out. I mean, it's that was a rough one. But (laughs) Chargers lose at home to the Jaguars. The Chiefs look – they looked bad. Against the Colts. <laughs> I, For one, I Matt Ryan didn't do Matt lost. Ryan things. Oh, my God. Matt Ryan was doing Matt Ryan things, and somehow the Chiefs still lost. And the Chiefs still lost. <laughs> Matt Ryan got sacked five times. And when I mean Matt Ryan got sacked five times, I'm not talking about five Joe Burrow sacks. Matt Ryan gets these sacks at, like, the worst time. It's like third and five, he runs a bootleg. When they were in field goal range, he runs a boot. He loses ten yards, and they're out of field goal range on mm. fourth down. That that's Matt Ryan shit. I always say Matt Ryan does Matt Ryan things. It's usually shit like that. It's a real bad pass late in the game. It's a fumble when he's trying to sneak away to get rid of a ball, hold the ball too long, stuff like that. That's what I'd say. Matt Ryan does Matt Ryan things. That's exactly what I'm talking about. And he tried to in this game in the second half. And the Chiefs kept stepping on their dick. <laughs> the Chiefs scored three points in the second half. I think the Chiefs are last year's Chiefs. Yeah, there's a, there's a bit of that. With the Chiefs especially, because I can excuse Buffalo. I can excuse Buffalo because they are depleted on defense, and they didn't, they didn't play bad. They actually in played Miami's pretty good, good ball in Miami, and Miami is yeah. a good team. They are 3-0, and and they are 3-0 and surprisingly. And I, and I heard this, you got to think about who they beat. They beat, he beat. they beat Belichick, they beat Lamar, and now they beat the Bills and Allen. These are not easy wins. They, yeah. are, they are for real. They are a team you do not want to play right now. Miami is playing really good ball. Yeah. And, I would, and I'll give the Chargers a little slide because, in my opinion, Herbert shouldn't have played. That's my opinion. I'm going to stand by it. What I, I saw, he went down when he got hit and he was in pain. He shouldn't have been on the field. There's no reason to risk your quarterback in week three. Yeah, There's 18 weeks we're in week three. This not is a, a mistake. Di- not a division game. I agree with you on that, too. And I, I tend to, the team I tend to give the worst time to out of the three is the Chiefs. It's got to be the Chiefs. They're the only ones that don't have season. an excuse. Going into the season, you might have thought the Colts were the best of those three teams, but they were so bad the first two weeks. And Ryan and that team tried to play bad. They couldn't run the ball effectively. 
Chiefs, Chiefs defense was not the problem. Let's be very clear about this. The Chiefs defense was not the problem. And I'll tell you what the problem was. Someone got away from what they were doing. And if you saw it halftime, I don't know if you saw it yet, Mahomes got mad at the enemy again. And they I were did gone. see that. I did see and, that. And I'm telling you what it is. And the whole preseason, it was, we don't have Tyreek anymore. We're going to play within ourselves. We're going to do some of these things. I was at that game week one, and I was like, or week two, yeah, week two, the one against the Chargers. And I was like, okay, I saw a different Mahomes, a better long-term football player. And I was like, if he does that, he doesn't have to throw for 400 yards to win the game. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. But this, but this week, week, it was a relapse. He was. It, it's a really good way of putting it. It was like a relapse. He was like, oh, I got to make all this schoolyard bullshit work. and. They're not built for that. Now, he spread the ball around to different people. He hit – I got to pull it back up. I think he hit seven different receivers. Let me look here again. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different – I'm sorry, there was seven receivers. I'm sorry, six receivers had catches. He targeted eight different receivers. Okay. But nobody had more than five receptions. Uh, Schuster and Hilaire had five. Uh, Kelsey. MVS both had four, and then you had Gray and Harden with one each. But, I mean, Mahomes, for him to go 20 of 35, I don't mind 35 attempts. I can even live with 20 completions. I would rather see 25. But, I mean, it just it wasn't good. He didn't look uh, calm in the pocket. He was trying to get away and do some of those darts and shit like that. And then yeah. on the flip side, it wasn't like the Colts came out and Jonathan Taylor ran for 200 yards. I mean, he ran the ball 21 times and averaged 3.4 carry, 71 yards, and didn't score. I mean, the Chiefs defense did exactly what you – if you told me going in, told me Sunday morning, hey, the Chiefs are going to hold – Hitler's going to have 21 rushes for 71 yards and no touchdowns. I'd be like, this motherfucking game is over. Call it now. Yeah. But that was ridiculous. And a lot of it was the play calling. A lot of it was Mahomes and the way he played that game. Every time he takes a step for a big step forward, he takes a half a step back. Yeah. It's this is this is him. I hate to say it, but the way that he and he's getting a little yippy with the enemy, quite frankly, is a little, I, I don't want to, there's no other really good way to put it. It's a prima donna bullshit. Yeah. He I needs to grow that, up and realize well, think, that his coaches know what they're talking about. The enemy's a well-respected coach. This is not somebody, this is not some, and, I, and I'll say it, it's not Nathaniel Hackett. He knows what he's talking about. Yeah. Well, and for Mahomes to get that way is, is, you got to clean that shit up. Well, I think there's a lot of stuff between the enemy, Mahomes, Reed, the whole shebang. They should have probably had some kind of divorce with the enemy in this offseason. It's clear that Eric B. Enemy and Patrick Mahomes are not on the same page. They, yeah. And, and if I'm, unfortunately, I want to side with the enemy. Well, I think the first two weeks it was pretty clear they, that 
some of the changes, and I don't mean the numbers, because I said after week one, you know, Mahomes had that huge week, and I said, look, if he keeps doing that, it's a problem. How he played against the Chargers was really how he should play. Solid against a good team. Don't turn the ball over. Take the put the big play when you can get it. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and because he's got playmakers, he's got them. So yeah, I just think that I just think that Patrick Mahomes has got to. I mean, there's a happy medium. Now, I think that also, if you're Eric Bieniemy, I do think there's times where Eric Bieniemy needs to let Patrick Mahomes be Patrick Mahomes. I probably in that game, in the fourth quarter, would have been like, let's spread this son of a bitch out and let him do some things. Because you'd only scored the three points in the, in the, in the second half. You know, they had uh, two touchdowns in the first half, but it, it, it wasn't good. It, it really just wasn't good at all. And it, it, the Colts, it's an overall down week for that. Yeah. Give a ton of credit for the Chiefs defense for keeping him in the game, though. A ton of yeah. credit. So I, I will give the Chiefs defense a lot of credit. But to me, that was, blare, was glaring. Going back to, the, to those top three and the Chargers against the Jags, to me, and I watched this game. I watched a lot of this game. And Justin Herbert is hurt. He is injured, and he should not be playing right now. His ball doesn't have as much zip on it. Uh, I mean, he went back and threw 45 times. We played 25 of them. That's pretty pathetic. But at the same time, I mean, he his ball didn't have any zip on And that guy's got a fucking cannon. Yes, he does. And Trevor Lawrence on the other side, he looked like Trevor Lawrence of his freshman and sophomore year at Clemson. Oh, he I didn't out. see that shit coming at all. Now, another part of that was on uh, was Bosa had a, got banged up at one point with an injury. Um, yeah, you know, he's that there, he's that pass there. rush. The Chargers are going to have to get healthy. They're going to have to get Herbert healthy. They're going to have to get Bosa healthy. Um, yeah, I mean, to me, that game was a slaughter. There was not a. I, I believe that game. he never should have been on the field. That's a that's a big mistake. Yeah, I think not. I think playing Justin place. Herbert was a mistake this week. I know they said he was going to try to see how he went going at the end, but I mean, Jacksonville was up nine at the half. Then they're up. I mean, they're up twenty one at the end of the third, and they just kept pouring it on. I mean, it was they yeah. were dominant, and you and I were talking about this before we got started. The thing that Jacksonville did well that Buffalo and the Chiefs didn't try to do, Jacksonville committed to running the football. James Robinson had 17 carries for 100 yards. Travis Etienne had 13 carries for 45 yards. Etienne on a couple of his carries, he had a couple of carries when he was at Clemson. I mean, he had a couple of really nice plays where he kind of made some chicken salad out of chicken shit. Um, Yeah. They ran 36 times in that game. I'll, I'll call it 33. Take Lawrence's three out for 143. You take Trevor Lawrence's three scrambles away. So, I mean, again, you average almost five yards a carry as a team. You're going to be very hard to beat. And if you yeah. look, the teams that are 3-0, and the teams that are a little bit 
you know, we say butt proof here. Man, the teams that run the football, running the football, it may not be cool, but God damn it, you better be able to do it. This is anybody out there can go take a look at this. This is the ESPN NFL scoreboard. And and when you look at it, there are whoever was leading in rushing this week, and I'm I'm including the game we're watching right now, Cowboys and Giants is in fourth quarter as we're as we're recording this. And Tony Pollard is leading, the Cowboys are leading. Everybody who led in rushing except the Bills for whom Josh Allen was the leading rusher and the 49ers game in which uh, uh, Wilson was the rusher for the 49ers and lost. Every other game, whoever led in rushing won that game. Mm-hmm. Across the board, whoever it was, whatever, whoever was the leading rusher on that team, that team won. Yeah. And that includes yeah. Lamar Jackson and, and it being the lead rusher for, for the Ravens. They won yesterday. Yeah. That's, that is very telling about the importance of a run game in your offense at the professional level. You don't have to have the most yards on the ground, but you better have more than the other guy. Yeah. Because that's going to set the tone for the rest of your game. Well, it's just, it's committing that part of the game. It's committing to that part of the game. got to have and, it. And you brought up the Josh Allen thing, and I think Lamar is the exception to this rule. You've got to be able to run the football with the running backs. It isn't trying to get scramble yards like Allen did. Lamar yeah, he only is got 47 actually, yards scrambling. Yeah, Lamar's rushing yards are actually designed rushes a lot. They sure. run yeah. him he had, like he had over 100 yards back. rushing. Yeah, he had over. It's not yards, a scramble so for ten. Sense. It's an actual play call where he's the keeper for ten. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. If you're the if you're the team who runs the football, I, it's look. We all like fantasy football. We all like PPR. We like points per reception. We love guys who who get 147 receiving yards and they have a 70 yard touchdown. Well, man, give me the guys who can run the ball for five yards a carry. You give me five yards a carry. You're not beating me. I don't care who you are in the NFL. If I can run for five yards a carry, I will beat you every single week. Period. I would run. I would run five yards a clip. I'm running. All day long, all day long. It bothers me. It bothers me when I watch teams in the red zone. And you go, okay, we got these fancy matchups, and we're looking, everybody's looking for the one on one matchup so their guy can make a play. Man, how many teams have got a player in the backfield? Hand the fucking ball. Run all the run all the stuff, run all the motion. Try to run, and you'll see it with good teams. The Eagles are doing this a little bit. You'll see Jacksonville start doing this as well, because Doug Peterson did it when he was the Eagles. They'll start running that motion just to move safeties and linebackers to open up run lanes. That's when you're that's when you're on the next level of play calling. When you're not running the motion to set up the, the, the passing game. You're running motion to set up the run game. And when you're doing that, that's what wins games. That's what wins Super Bowls. It's it's one of those things where you a motion in the red zone to a run 
will tell you what the defense is doing. If not, you might trip up the defense to overcommit to the motion and give yourself an open run. It happens. It happens all the time. You don't want it to happen to your team, but teams overcommit to a motion in the red zone all the time. Well, instead of getting one guy moving, you get two or three moving out of the way, and you got a good running lane. Yeah, most teams run motion on damn near every play in the passing game because they want to tip the quarterback if it's man or if it's or if it's zone. It helps to identify what type of defense and where your progressions yeah. are going to go. But where you can all exactly, but then when you can see the guys who can motion to move safeties six feet, 10 feet, five yards. And I'll tell you who was the best at it in our life. Tom Brady made a little career out of doing it. Drew yeah. Brees. That, that is Peyton simple Manning, football intelligence. Peyton Manning yes. is the best I've ever seen at it. But Tom Brady, if you look at what Brady does, motion stuff, and he's moving guys around, he's moving guys around to get a run lane for Leonard Fournette. To get a rain lane like yes. in the New England days for James White and for um, every back that they had from, you know, Kevin Falk to the end. Those guys were yeah. all good backs. He was like, hey, if I get one more guy out the box, that's one less guy we got to block. And if you give me five yards every time, you ain't beating me. It's, and, it's the difference between getting two or three yards with a good running back and getting yeah. five to six yards with a good running back who can get and, you a couple extra yards with and, that and, other guy. Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen can't do it either. Neither of those two guys can do it. Really, none of the young guys can do it yet. They haven't uh, learned it yet. Rodgers can do it. Brady obviously does it. Uh, Russell Wilson does it really well. He, he seems yeah, to be able to put an guy in most of the times. To get guys yeah. where he wants them. He can do it. He has other it deficiencies. Comes, it right, only though. comes with experience. And that's where, like, I kept saying about Mahomes. Look, there's nobody more talented than that guy. Fucking nobody. Oh, I agree. I agree. But Skill-wise, talent-wise. He's and he's got everything. Back. you. He checks every fucking box. Wicked smart. Wicked great arm. He's got good feet. He's creative. He has great form when he throws the football. But if there, if the Chiefs will commit to the run, and let him move some pieces here and there, to commit to that run, they'll be even better. When 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 Mahomes transitions from, I need to win, to we need to win. I don't care what mind when he turns his mind off and says. I don't care how we win, so long as we win, and I'm going to move the pieces. That's what Brady does really well. I, he doesn't care about any passing record. He doesn't care how many. He's got everything. All he wants to do is win. He will do and manipulate however he needs to. When Mahomes can do that, Mahomes will have graduated to elite. Yeah. We've he will got, become one of the best quarterbacks in the league ever. Yeah, he'll be one of the best all time. I mean, he'll be one of those top all time. seven he or eight be. guys of all time. He will yeah. be. Yeah. He'll He's got to turn that, that corner and, and move past yeah. my success to – just winning Super Bowls, winning games with whatever tools I have that I've learned along the way. And he isn't, yeah. he's not there yet, but he will be. Yeah. And he has every tool in the toolbox. It's just a matter of when he does a little more. Yeah. Uh, I want to get to a game in the afternoon. Usually you didn't watch much of this. We're talking about it offline, but I got to tell you, I watched a lot of this game too. 
Green Bay and Tampa. This was yeah, supposed saw, to be some of this, yeah. Brady versus Rodgers. This might be the last time these two guys play each other. Rodgers got the better of him. Rodgers played a lot better than his stats look like. His stat sheet, 27 of 35. That's real solid. Two, two TDs, one, one interception. We got sacked once. I'll take that. Um, they didn't run the ball great. And again, Rodgers didn't put a lot of put a lot of Aaron Jones in the right spots in a couple of plays, but um, no, they, they ran enough to win. That was the game where it, literally Aaron Jones runs for 36 yards. His counterpart, Leonard Fournette, runs for 35 on the same number of yeah. So, I mean, but if you look at it, Rodgers completes passes to one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven different players, Brady to eight different players. Brady goes 31 of 42, 271 in the touchdown. And that touchdown was uh, early in the game. I'm sorry, late in the game. And it was late in the game, yeah. Yeah, it was in the fourth quarter. But I got to tell you, physically, Tom Brady is completely washed. Uh, yeah, it, well. Father Time has caught up with him. Father Time was running the race, <laughs> and we've been saying that Father he was beating Father Time. He was. And a couple of us, I know I argued with you about it. I argued with Tyler Jones about it because Tyler and I got into it heavy on his podcast last a weeks ago. I said, look, Brady didn't look good last year. And he was like, he almost won the MVP. I was like, he had good numbers, but he couldn't throw the ball anymore. Like, he, his arm is, is done. He was throwing time. He's, his, he's his not arm trying to be – this is where Tom Brady's football intelligence exceeds his skill. At this yes. Point. That's where he's at. He is and, at that point. And now. the reality is, is that there's, there's problems in the Bucks. They still haven't figured out who they are this year. They're not playing well as a – it's not any one person that's playing badly. Even Tom Brady is not playing his best ball right now, isn't playing terrible. But they're not playing together. That's right. what we're seeing on this. And honestly, yesterday was a question of who was going to beat the other's defense. Uh, well, and and the Green Bay won that battle in the trenches. Well, I, that's what it comes down to. I, I think neither of them Tom ran Brady... the ball. Neither team ran the ball very well at all. No, but you when you're Aaron, Jones has 36, Fournette has 35. These yeah. are great running backs who did not get moving yesterday. So there wasn't a, there was not great. There was good defense yeah. happening against mediocre offenses who just were sputtering throughout the entire yeah. game. Yeah, but and my point is, is that I don't think you can look at this and go, well, Tom Brady's acumen can get us there now. His acumen is great. It's phenomenal. But he, his physical skills have now deteriorated. They've deteriorated to a point where his acumen can no longer make up for them. Now, I don't think it's all – there's something off the field going on with him as well. You can just tell. He's not all there. I, well, it's not just him. The team – the whole team is not well, playing they, they like should they not have ask, in the last well, couple of years. They should not ask a 44-year-old quarterback to drop back and pass 42 times. No, they should not. There's they, they no should. reason Tom Brady. Then that's where I'm going with that. We talked about rushing. Where? Why is Fournette only got 35 yards? Him okay. and Jones both got 12 carries. 12 mm-hmm. carries each, and these are 
premier. Fournette has been a workhorse all year. He's, yeah, he's the, part gotta, of the reason for their success, and they're two to one. They should be three and zero. Oh. But if you're only giving Fournette twelve carries and you're only giving Aaron Jones twelve carries, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, they they really shouldn't. The Bucks have got to run the ball more. I mean, they had fourteen rushes in the game. One was Brady. Um, you know, I just you've got to run the ball, Leonard Fournette, twenty plus times. Let that offensive yeah. line cook. Give it to Fournette. Take the pressure off Tom Brady. Let Tom Brady move the defense around to make run lanes for Leonard Fournette, and then let him hit the plays he can make in the five to fifteen yard area. Tom Brady's not throwing any forty year old forty almost a forty year old. He's not throwing any forty yard bombs anymore. Not accurate. Yeah, but he's only going to be set up for that. And he's not going to be accurate. Minimus, I'm saying this against Fournette. Honestly, the Packers should have ran Jones more, and they would have put this game away. There's no reason it should well, be so close in the fourth quarter. They actually should have pulled further away in the second half, and they didn't even score in the second half. You know, they should have. Yeah, I agree with that. And if you look, A.J. Dillon also had 12 carries for the Packers, too. And that was a situation where they 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 really needed to ride the hot. They're trying to ride the hot hand, and neither of them are getting hot. I mean, the long rushes was 10 for Jones, and Dylan had one for seven. But I just, I mean, if you're Tampa, Tampa's fortunate. They're in a really shitty division because the Panthers suck, even though the Panthers won this week. The Falcons suck, and I'm going to say it. My New Orleans Saints are fucking bad. They're just bad. I didn't want to say anything, but I, I, in fairness, bad. yesterday, just yes, yesterday, honestly, yesterday, honestly, I st- I had that moment in my head where I started thinking, you know, Jameis Winston's starting to do some Jameis Winston things. He, yeah, the, you know the problem he is some interceptions. He shouldn't be throwing. No, he had two yesterday, and the problem is they don't let him throw the fucking football to the fourth quarter. They're there. It's almost like Garoppolo. They're scared to let him play football until they're down two touchdowns and they go, well, now we're going to let him play football. Yeah. Uh, As a New Orleans Saints fan, it it upsets me because, I mean, the guy in the bullpen is Andy Dalton. We know he ain't going to win fucking football games. I'm real disappointed in the Saints playing offensively. He's got four touchdowns and five interceptions. This is Jameis Winston doing Jameis Winston things. He yeah. he is playing as Jameis yeah. of old. Not last well, year he was better. He he was heading in the right direction. He has regressed. Yeah, well, so and I, I think honestly, what Andy it, Dalton's not a bad option if he's going to continue this trend. Yeah. Well, I look at it and I go like, you know, there's a lot of talk on Winston. It's always the thirty touchdown, thirty interception season he had a couple years ago. And what people don't realize, he had, like, of those 30 interceptions, he had, like, eight of them that were, like, greater than 30 yards down the field. That's not what's happening this year. That's the thing. That's why I'm not excusing it. This year, that's yeah. not what's happening. This year, he's just throwing bad balls. And I know that they had an injury on the off. Andrews Pete got hurt. And Jarvis Landry got hurt in the game. And Michael Thomas got hurt in the game. And they may not have any of those guys in London this week against the, against the, against the Vikings. Yeah, but goddamn, you also can't just expect Jameis to just turn it on in the fourth quarter. And unfortunately, that's exactly what the New Orleans Saints done. I mean, look, Baker Mayfield played like shit in that game too. It just happened to be that 
Well, someone can run the football. And that's someone with yeah, McCaffrey. Yeah. He got 108 yards and 25 carries, and that chews up the clock. I mean, the Saints offense couldn't score for three quarters. If you're controlling the if you control the ground game, you control the clock, wow. and you can basically write your ticket how you want the game to go the rest of the way. Yeah. And that's something that the Saints aren't doing. And granted, yeah. I, I know Kamara was hurt. He's kind of, you know, banged up a little bit. Yeah. And but if you're gonna rely on Jameis Winston, you gotta make sure he's not doing Jameis Winston things. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's just the way it is. I already gave you grief about Garoppolo. It's kind of the next thing on my list, but let's I knew go it was coming. Hit, hit his numbers. And I'm not retracting. Give mm-hmm. me I, you don't want to three I'll, more I'll weeks. If, if, if this trend continues, if this can trend continues for the next couple, two three weeks, I will I will jump off the the, the bandwagon. And I will I will default okay. to your opinion. Until then, this is okay. not a, one week does not make a season, nor does it condemn one either. Let me look at something here. I want to look at the 49ers schedule. They got the Rams this week. They got a couple of get right games. They got the Rams this week. That's gonna be tough. It's it's Monday night at at the Rams. They got two mm-hmm. get right games. They got their at they're both on the road though. At Carolina, at Atlanta. It's always hard for the West Coast teams to go all the way to the East. To go East Coast, yeah. But those are two. Those are two teams that the 49ers are better than. The Fortnite are better than both those two teams. They should win both those True. games. They should win those games. I'll I would bet like you they see. lose one. I'll bet they lose one of them. We and I'll see. bet you the one we they see. lose, I'll bet you the one they lose is Atlanta. I was thinking the exact same thing, as a matter of fact. I, if I wasn't a pick, I would have picked Atlanta. There's a couple things. I'm watching the Atlanta game, and I'm like, fuck, they got some shit going on here. As a Saints fan, I don't want them to have something going on. I saw a couple things I liked on that team. I was like, God I damn like, it. I like Cordell Patterson as a running for, the, for Atlanta. I have he might be the most underrated, exciting player in football. Yes, yeah, I agree. I agree. Even last year, he yeah. was unexpectedly he, good in dual threat positions like Debo been, Samuel. But he went he under just, the radar under behind Debo Samuel. He was doing the same thing. He just been in places before where he wasn't. He was a wide receiver. And he didn't realize he's got him on the football. Yeah, Cordell Patterson. Cordell Patterson is a Debo Samuel. Yeah, um, <laughs> he is a Reggie Bush. Where yeah, you, he's, he can he's, run the football. He's that multifaceted player, yeah. and he didn't get the attention he was going last year because one, he played in Atlanta, and two, Debo Samuel was doing it better. Yeah, but that's well, where that's what he does, and he does it well. Well, the 49ers have got the Rams. They got two get-right games. They better get right because their next four after that are at home against Kansas City, at the Rams. They, that game against the Rams this week is in San Francisco. I'm sorry. Then they play the Chargers, then at Arizona. They've still got the Dolphins, the Bucks, and the Cardinals in the last week of the season on the calendar late in the game, late in the season. I don't think that he's making the playoffs, first off. I think Grapple is that bad. Uh, it also does not help that Trent Williams got hurt. And he's gonna be out for a while. He's he is gonna be I think he I think he might yeah, he's definitely there was somebody on the somebody else I think is out for the season on the 49ers. And I know Trent he's they're talking six to eight weeks for him. Yes. Ankle, left tackle, and ankle, it's not a good mix. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about yeah, the guy who not only is left tackle. 
he's the best left tackle in football. Like, oh, yeah. I, no, he's not just their left else. tackle. He's the leader Yeah, on that he line, a, he's and he's the best at that position across the board. Yeah, this is not the, some small loss. It's not just any lineman. This is the lineman of that yeah, team. This is the Hall of Fame guy, the best player on the team. He is. He's by far the best football player of the team. He's oh, a yeah. 99 rating on Madden. He's a future Hall of Famer. A first ballot future Hall of Famer. He's so good. People don't realize how good some of these linemen are. He's so good, too. If you ever get a chance, go on YouTube. There's a uh-huh. clip of him. The 49ers, I think it was last season, maybe two seasons ago, ran the old USC student body right where you pull the guard and the tackle from the backside. And oh, yeah, yeah. Williams is pulling. He's pulling. That tackle has got his big ass out there. He takes Going out far two side, guys yeah. with one shove. He just puts his hands on the dude, pulls, pushes the defensive end out, pushes the linebacker out. One play. And it wasn't like he got one, knocked him down, and kept running. No, no, it was one hit, knocks the defensive end and the outside linebacker out of the play. A hole we could have driven a Ferrari through. I mean, we could have. Oh yeah, I could have run my. Oh, yeah. I could have run I my pathfinder through. A guy is incredibly good. And that's oh, going to yeah. hurt the Corniers. That's going to hurt Garoppolo too. Because I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, they, I'm they have, there's no easy Garoppolo, path forward right now for Forty Nine. I'm loading the box. Every play with seven, and I'm bringing five every play. Yeah, there's there's no fo- – the, the path forward for the 49ers, short-term and long-term, is not an easy one. They're going to have to figure this thing out. Yeah, they're going to have to do so, some real work here. Yeah. Um, the last couple of things I want to get on, we want to talk about the three and O teams. Now, we're watching right now. There's about a minute – a little under two minutes to go in the game Monday night here. It looks like the Cowboys are going to win this. So – Unless the Giants come down here and get a touchdown, which I don't think they're it, going to. But stranger things have happened. Stranger things have happened. They just haven't played potentially this well. But after three weeks, everyone's played three games. Thirty-two teams in the league. We have two three and O teams: the Philadelphia Eagles and the Miami Dolphins. Let me ask you, which one's more surprising to you? I wouldn't say pleasantly surprising. The Dolphins. I agree. More surprising. I think everyone knew, and and here's and here's why. As I looked at it more, I actually took a little bit of time to look at this today. Everybody was really coming off the season last year, coming off the off season with what the Eagles did in the off season, really high on the Eagles. They gave Miami props for what they did, but they it's like we don't okay, all the pieces are here, but the question mark was still Tua. Jalen yeah. kind of answered questions last year and they got pieces around him this year. Jalen already showed that he's got that. So they so the Eagles being really good right now and being three and and being dominantly three and is not as surprising as the Dolphins really showing up and showing up well against yeah. good teams against really good teams. And I started to look, because I, I had that kind of same question. Where I was like, now we're three weeks in, and people are asking, okay, did, has Tua answered the naysayers at this point? And there's a part, I had to go back, and I heard it this morning. <clears throat> I went back and looked. If you go all the way back to week 10 of last year, Tua's only lost one game since then. 
Mm-hmm. That was week 17. It was the second to last game last year. Uh, and obviously, and and the overshadowing part is they went one and seven to start last year, and then uh, starting week nine where he was out, he started playing week ten. He only lost the second to last game of that season, and he hasn't lost this year yet. These are the kind of things that fly under the radar. Where the Eagles and Jalen Hurts, no one's talking about Miami because they started out one and seven. They weren't making the playoffs. They weren't going anywhere. That was done. But when you take that into account. They're three and zero now. He's eleven and one. Going back into last year at that stretch, that's, that's and I'm looking at the rest of the season right now. You know they've got the Bengals this coming week. They got the Thursday night game this week against the Bengals. So you got the short week with them. Then you got the Jets, the Vikings, the Steelers, the Lions, the Bears, the Browns, and the Texans before you get to December. I had, I think there's a real good chance that they only have two losses walking into December. Wow. And Miami could probably go 11 to 12 wins walking into the playoffs this year. Real possible. They've already got two division wins. Let's not forget that either. They've got two division wins. Yeah. Against the Patriots and the Bills this was just yesterday. So they've got they're already up in the division. They're leading the AF, the 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 the, uh, the AFC East. They're leading. Yeah. Yeah, and and having the win against the Bills is huge now because now it forces the Bills to not only catch up, but they have to win the second game. The yes. second match and their second game is in it's in December, the week before Christmas. Yeah the third to last game if yeah. they split with the bills and then sweep the pats and and uh um they're right there uh the other divisional game jets the jets yeah yeah if they sweep yeah. the pats and jets they're at worst tied for division lead with the bills if they split yeah. at worst yeah uh, so I I really do think they could walk into this with 12, 12 wins easy to finish the season if they continue this trend. Yeah, I mean I think they're a good team, and I thought they were a good team coming in, and um, I just think that it, you look at it, and we thought that it was going to be okay. How Tua plays is how this team goes, and you also had the new coach and you know Mike McDaniel and the situation there. Okay, how's he going to be? Um, you know that kind of thing. So it, yeah. it, the Dolphins are for real. They're three and zero. I think I also think they're the most surprising of the two, but I think they're the most surprising because well, I expected the Eagles to be very good. I picked the Eagles to win the East. I didn't pick the Dolphins to win the to win the the, the NFC the AFC East. I picked the Bills. No, no, and didn't. but I did pick um, the Eagles to win the, the NFC East largely because of that division. But also, I really like the parts they put around Jalen. And I think that Jalen Hurts has been great for parts of this. I agree. So, I absolutely yeah. agree. And so I look at it. And, and we, talk, we talked about in the offseason, the draft, the offseason moves. The Eagles and the Dolphins are the two teams that really hit the home run preseason. You know, they yeah. really did everything right. 
I thought on draft day, the Eagles, if you had a, if you gave a, a, an award for who was the best team on draft day, it was the Eagles. I mean, they really made their team better. And right now, I mean, I don't like giving MVP awards for week three, but to me, Jalen Hurts is the MVP after three weeks. He's definitely in the conversation. There's no yeah. reason not to put him there. He's done everything he should be doing as, as a lead quarterback, as a starter, as a winning quarterback, leading that division. He's done everything right. Yeah. He's got to be in that conversation along any other quarterback you could name. I don't care who it is in the league. You want to name Josh Allen? You want to name Patrick Mahomes? You want to put Justin Herbert? You want to talk Tom Brady, Aaron Jones? I, I don't care. He's in that conversation, absolutely worthy of an MVP conversation at this point. Yeah. Um, we talked about that. Now, the last thing we've got here is we have one 0 and 3 team. <laughs> the Raiders. The Raiders. It, and it's a little surprising. We didn't think it would be this bad. Honestly. Well, I think that there was a lot of differing opinions on the Raiders coming in. A lot of people liked what they did. I. You know, I stand by where I was, was as Derek Carr is your is your quarterback, you don't have a chance to be a good team. And he doesn't fit what we used to call the Tannehill rule, which I had a new name for, by the way. I need to get that before you. But um okay. you know, but the um in that I was thinking of it and I was like, Derek Carr, he's bad first off. He's really bad. But then also I've just never been a Josh McDaniel believer. This is the same guy that moved up to draft Tim Tebow when he was in Denver. You know, he went back to New England. You'd hope oh, he learned yeah, something yeah. he didn't. Um, you know, and I know they got Devontae Adams. And Devontae Adams had a great catch in that game on Sunday. Um, it yeah. was really the only good play that the Raiders had all day. But, yeah, I think it's telling that the 1-0-3 team is the Raiders. What I did see, though, what I was looking is there's um, the Texans are o two and one, so you look at the thing and you go, well, they they don't have three yeah. losses. But what I will say is, one on the Texans, that team plays hard. You're not beating that team up. No one's going to go out there and beat that team up. Their best player is a rookie. <laughs> Derek Stanley's the best player on the team. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a rookie, and that, that's pretty bad. But, man, you're just not going to beat them up, and they take a lot of that Lovey Smith stuff with them. I mean, he doesn't put up any bullshit, and he's not going to take it, and and players want to play for him. I don't know if they're going to win, you know, more than two or three games all year the Texans, but uh, I really liked what I saw. And, you know, they, they lost to the Bears 23-20. The Bears aren't good. But um, in that game, I'll tell you who else I was impressed with. I said it last week. Like, this guy was better. I said this guy was better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo last week. And you gave me shit about it. Davis Mills is not a bad quarterback. He's not going to gonna get you a championship. He may not even get you to the playoffs. But he's good enough for what they need right now. Good enough. He's good enough what they need right now. The other guy that I think is is becoming trash, and I may regret this later, boy, I was really unimpressed with Mac Jones, and I've been unimpressed with Mac Jones the entire season so far. I know he had the big highlight. You know, it was a big run he had for the touchdown. It was a highlight, but 
Mac Jones didn't look good to me this week. Um, a couple of those guys, but I mean, a couple of like just items I saw where I was like, okay, let's see what's really going on with some of these teams. There's a couple of teams that aren't indicative of their first three games record right now. And honestly, 20 teams, 25 teams are one and two or two and one. I mean, you've literally got one team at 0 and 3, one at 0, 2 and 1, the Texans who really just don't have a good roster at all. The Raiders were already out. Even though nobody's 3 and 0 in their division, that team is really bad. But last week we talked about four coaches that should have got fired or should be fired. I feel the same way about all four of them this week. Yeah. I mean, I still. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the Bengals won. I think Zach game. Taylor looked, called a bad game. The Raiders, I think I think Josh McDaniels had a bad game. Um, yeah, who are my agreed. other two? Um, Matt Rule from the Panthers, and they beat the Saints, but that ain't saying a whole lot right now. The Falcons, I think, are better than the, than the Panthers and the Saints right now. I think the Saints have I think the Saints had a decent quarterback situation and they knew how to call plays. That that whole staff has been intact since Sean Payton, and they all still call plays like it's Sean Payton and Drew Brees. <laughs> yeah, and there's there's the Patriots are kind of running into a buzzsaw now with Jones out looking to be multiple weeks with his high ankle sprain. Yeah. Um, the Panthers are a lot of those other teams are just straight dysfunctional yeah. as an organization. Not the team, but the organization is just straight dysfunctional. Well, and the Panthers are going to do something. That whole that whole coaching staff is going to be gone. Yeah, there's 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 problems kind of all over there. I, I agree. I I'm going to give Hackett of all the coaches we talked about Hackett. I'm going to give him the tiniest of props this week for the, the, I think it's Rosenbaum or Rosenberg, the uh-huh. coach that they hired for game management. Yeah, We talked about it. Why don't you have positions specific, coaches specifically around end of game? We talked about this. You've mentioned it multiple times. They went and did it. Yeah, They went and did it. This week, he was in the box yesterday, uh, you know, on the headset talking about game management. And lo and behold, they actually won a game. Yeah. It's one of the things that I don't think I, – I, I agree with that decision. I wish you would take it one further and not do the play calling, relegate that to an OC he trusts. But that's a step in the right direction for a coach that I you're not that. seeing other coaches too. Yeah, I agree. Other coaches that. are not doing that. Mike McCarthy is one of the most – is still notoriously not, not – I still think he should be fired right now immediately. Well, I think did something that is – yeah, I think he's done. I, Hackett, I will give him a little bit of credit. We'll see what the rest of the year shapes out. Obviously, it's his first job. He's learning as he goes. It, 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 first head coaching job. So I'm going to give him a little bit better than a doubt. But so far, that's the first good thing he's done. I think he's done right. Well, well I do give him some credit for that because the week, two weeks in, he realized that's too much down on your plate as a rookie head coach. I was yeah. They were talking, I was watching the pregame show for the Monday night game, and they were talking about Brian Dayball the coach of the Giants, who many felt yeah. was a, an offensive genius. I mean, he was great in Buffalo as the offensive coordinator. He was also the play caller there. But he said, and I was watching the Manning cast, in fact, you were watching it earlier too, 
Jimmy Johnson yep. brought up the quote of he had talked to Brian Dayball, and Brian Dayball told him he was not calling plays, that he was going to yeah. give it to somebody else because he wanted to be able to work with the offense, the defense, the special teams, and all of it so they could really manage the team. That's so important. I I go back to, and I'm glad that I mentioned Jimmy Johnson because Jimmy Johnson is also one of my favorite coaches of all time. Um, I've yep. read Jimmy Johnson's book numerous times. I have it. It's one of those coaching books that every coach should read. And he mentions when he took the job as the Cowboys coach that he said, I am not the play caller for the offense or the defense because he was a defensive guy. He didn't like being the play caller, yeah. didn't want to be the play caller. He said, I'm going to get guys that know what they're doing, and I'm going to be involved with what my guys are doing. I'm going to trust them. And, you know, he was more worried about how do I make the team better and how do I clean up a lot of the mess I've inherited, not about small details. Small details on the field work themselves out if you have the proper people in the proper channels. You know, and I think if you look right. successful coaches, Jimmy Johnson, Andy Reid is Andy Reid has done such a better job in Kansas City than he ever did in Philly because oh, yeah. he's let coaches coach. You got to get the right, you got to get good coaches and you have to trust them to do their job. You need to do your job and that's manage your managers essentially at this point. Coach your coaches and coach your team. Don't run the game. You need yeah. to manage the game, not control every single play. Yeah. And it's it, too many coaches don't do that. I And the ones that do it succeed. It, yeah. It's not that complicated when you take a look at it from that perspective. Yeah. You have to be, if you're the offensive play caller and the head coach, you have to have a defensive guy you trust so much. Sean Payton had Dennis Allen. Uh, Sean McVay had Wade Phillips, you know, guys like that, where you go, that guy knows his shit. I'll leave him alone. Let him do it. And but that's not the responsibility of the head. That's your head. As a head coach, you need to be splitting time with yeah. offense and defense. If you're play calling and managing the offense and trusting your defense entirely, you're not coaching the defense as a head coach. I agree. Or at least coaching your defensive coaches. You need to be a head coach who can split your time across both, which means you shouldn't be running either one exclusively. Because you're not doing the other half of the job. Oh, I agree. You're not doing half your job if you don't do that. Yeah. And I do think there's the occasional coach that can do it, but it's so rare. I mean, it's, it's, so, it's, it's the rarest it's, of air. I mean, it'll catch you. It'll bite you in the ass more often than you'll succeed who, with it. Who in our, in our lifetime, in, in our adult life, the last 20 years of the NFL have been the really great. Yeah. Home, the really, we've had uh, Belichick. Belichick, not a coordinator now. I mean, he was, he does not call plays either side of the ball. The only thing yeah. Belichick does is talk, is talk in their ear and say, we can go for it. I want to go for it on fourth down, call place accordingly, things like that. Yeah. That's what a head coach should be doing. You know, yeah. you should even be the head, the, the, the defensive coach, telling your offensive coach once in a while, hey, we got you if you want to split third and 15 into two, let's go. That's what a head coach is there to do, is yeah. to and bridge both sides of the ball and manage all of it. About that. Yeah, and yes. I think that – so you look at that, and you look at Belichick, you look at, like, Tony Dungy, the defensive guy. He didn't call the defensive plays when he was head coach. 
you mm-hmm. look at guys, Sean Payton's been one of the great coaches of a generation. He called the offense, but he always had a DC that he trusted. That he just said, this is you, and I'm going to trust you. I'm not going to meddle. That's a rarity, and he only got it done one time. He only won the chip once. Yeah. You know, there's a reason. It's a rarity. He got, he got in his way the last few years in the New Orleans. If you go back and look, you know, uh, we've had Mike Tomlin, who I think the world of Mike Tomlin. You are not going to beat Mike Tomlin very often. The guy is not going to lose 10 games. Mike Tomlin does not call plays. John Harbaugh does not call plays. I mean, these are the things that you do as you understand. My offensive – you're going to have some say. And you may even come in on third and ten and say – yeah, and you come in and say, hey, third, 10, we talked about this. I like this idea. Let's go. Remember, we it's said it's this exactly 10. what they should be doing. Yes. They should be managing the game through situational football, not down yeah. by down. They should exactly. be coming and saying, yeah. no, 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 let's do this here. Uh-huh. Where is your head on this? I want to do this because I remember seeing this. Let's make sure we're, we're, uh, we're attacking this side or I saw this thing. Let's run this play in this situation. And the rest of the time, trust your coaches. That's what they you, should be doing. And you're having those talks on Tuesday and you're having those talks on Thursday and you're having them again Saturday night. And when, before you make the last play card on Saturday night, you're going, okay, these are the plays we like in these situations. And head coach is going to remind offensive coordinator, hey, third and 10, don't deviate. Third and 10, we got a plan. Let's stay with it. Everyone's got an idea of what they want to do on fourth and 16 or third and 16. Everyone has a play. It yes. may not, it's going to be a screen. It's going to be something here that they like against a certain look. They're going to say, okay, third and 16, they're going three deep. We like the screen pass out to the far side of the field. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's line it up. We may not get 16, but we're going to get 13 and punt. Or we're going to get 13 and get a field goal. You know, those are the kind of things you have on that play card. It's a Waffle House menu. It's fucking big. And the it's OC what you're is, supposed is to do as a head coach on game play. day. Yeah. yeah. And it should be ready. And you should be talking about it all week long. And I feel like the head coach has to be in the, the higher level conversation, but he should not be the one making every play. I think we agree on that. And I think that's going to be. And there's there's another side of that no one ever talks about, but I think it has shown it's reared its head multiple times over the last few weeks. He should also be coordinating with your special teams. Absolutely. Don't let yeah. them make mistakes. Remind them of clock. Remind them of position. You know, these are things that have happened in the last couple of weeks, and that is also on the head coach. I don't care who you are. When things go wrong, it always is the head coach's responsibility. It starts at the top there. If you're making mistakes down below, it's under his belt. It's under his watch. Do the job with the teams and the coaches and the situations you're supposed to do. Game manage, not clock manage, game manage strategy with your coaches. That's what they're supposed to do. Well, hey, Uncle Rico, we're going to get out of here on that. Do have one last question before we get out of here. Do you see the uh, Caesars commercials, Caesars online commercials with JB Smooth as Caesar and the Manning family? <laughs> I have the last one I saw, they were doing the charades. Okay. So the That's charades. the newest one I've seen as well. Which Manning would you be if you were one of the Mannings? If I was a Manning? Mm-hmm. Oh, 
uh, do I get to, who do I think I'd be or who would I want to be? Who do you, who do you think you are? Who do I think I am? I'm probably Cooper. You're Cooper. I'm Cooper. Heard there's a, there's a, uh, there's a great, almost famous uh, interview with Archie where the guy says the Archie interview and Archie, you're talking about Peyton and Eli. And he says, well, which one's your favorite? And he doesn't mean favorite child. He means which way he's a better player. Oh yeah. But the guy says, which yeah. one's your favorite? And he goes, well, Cooper is actually our favorite because he gave us our first grandkid. <laughs> like, I bring up the Mannings and I bring up Caesar because one of our new sponsors here is Caesars. And Caesars is going to be sponsoring the podcast for the month, next month. They're going to be with us here right now. You can get a credit up to $50 when you do your first deposit at Caesars. You also get all sorts of free insurance bets. Uh, they have the same game parlay stuff that everybody else has, and they got some cool ones where they'll insure you. So you bet $20 on the same game parlay, you lose. They'll give you a $20 free bet. Uh, they're also giving you a free $100, up to $100 when you deposit $100. Plus, you're also going to get a free $50 on any deposit. So we're going to have the link in the show notes. Go check it out. If you haven't downloaded it, download the Caesar Sportsbook app. It's available in numerous states. Here in Kansas, we've got it. Got it out in Colorado. A number of other states you can still play. My folks down in Louisiana, they've had it from the beginning. Caesars is a great sponsor. I've been using the app since the, since day one um, here in Kansas. They've got it. And I really like a lot of the different options and some of the free bet stuff they do. The great way of getting some extra action by ensuring some of your bets. All you got to do is opt in. It's a really easy to use app as well. So check out the Caesars Sportsbook app. We thank them for sponsoring the podcast this week. There'll be a link in the show notes. Get yourself an extra $50 bonus plus a matching deposit on your first deposit. So check that out. Uncle Rico, thanks for coming in today. I really appreciate it. We're going to keep doing this every week, the NFL season, you and I doing a little NFL talk. I want to catch everybody up real quick. I know the point five is late. Um, we recorded the point five Friday. And I had some things happen over the weekend. I wasn't unable to edit. So if you're getting this before the point five, point five will be out. But I'm also throwing everybody a bonus episode. So for my people who are the wrestling people, I'm doing a full review of AEW's Grand Slam from last Wednesday night. I got the notes. I'm going to go through it. I've recorded it. It's really good. And I get a little bit raw on some people. So... Hey, or have fun with that. You'll have a bonus episode for being patient with us this last few days. This is how it's going to be. Sometimes these new podcasts, instead of Monday, are going to come out on Tuesday. Sometimes the point five may spill over into Saturday. We're going to do the best we can. It's just, you know, us trying to juggle schedules. We're all humans. So please be patient. We appreciate it. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Coach Bono Show. We want to thank Tyler Jones, everybody at Studio Soapbox for all they do behind the scenes. Most importantly, thank you to you, the listener. Don't forget to rate us and review us. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts, we appreciate every five-star review. Until Friday, I'm Coach Bo Brian O'Connor. Have a great week. Remember, your time tokens are not your fun. Take care, everybody.